SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hour number two, the first day of this new week. It's a Monday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning. A ton of Major League Baseball conversation coming your way in this second hour, of course, with an early odds approach to an NFL season that starts in exactly one month that's all optimistic that's all fun this weekend for the united states women's national team was anything but yesterday 5 a.m eastern time here stateside on an early sunday morning team usa goes down in their earliest world cup exit in team history the two-time defending champions victorious with a championship in both 2015 and 2019 do not survive the knockout round Losing to Sweden in PKs, 5-4 to four the final in penalty kicks. Of course, it was scoreless at zip-zip following regulation and even extra time. Team USA was booked as a pretty hefty favorite on the money line in a showdown of these two rivals. Their seventh all-time meeting at the Women's World Cup, the most ever in Women's World Cup history. It was a minus 184 price. For the Americans on that 90-minute match money line, it did not matter. After extra time and penalty kicks, the United States women's national team exits the World Cup in 2023, not even making it out of the round of 16. So the two-time champs are bounced. It came down to PKs where Megan Rapinoe missed the frame entirely. Sophia Smith, who was brilliant in the opener for the Americans, missed as well in Ever so slightly, a ball getting past the goal line, and Alyssa Nair, the goalkeeper of Team USA, as Sweden advances now to the quarterfinals. Here's where the Americans were entering the tournament. The two-time reigning champs, booked as the outright favorites to win it three consecutive years. It was a plus 240 number for the U.S. women's national team. Of course, they were nowhere close to cashing that ticket. One win... Two draws in group play, and of course the loss in PKs here against Sweden. They only scored four goals. The defense was stout. That was not the issue for the Americans. It was the lack of offense. In fact, a dismal lack of effort offensively. Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, Rose Lavelle, the names and lists go on and on. They barely were able to find the back of the net. They scored three goals in the opening game against Vietnam, and even that was lackluster as the over-under was five and a half, and Team USA was favored by six goals. This was one of the most dismal efforts you will see, and the U.S. women's national team will admit it themselves in a World Cup. They were a favorite to reach the final of plus 125. They were a $6 favorite in minus money to get out of the knockout stage and into the quarterfinal. They were unable to do that. And as you see on the bottom with asterisks next to it, Team USA's worst Women's World Cup result ever. Their earliest exit in Women's World Cup history. Elsewhere this morning, some results down under. The title favorites now, the English, do prevail against Nigeria in PKs. But believe me, 
it was close. Tied at nil-nil after regulation and extra time. England advances. They are still the favorites, a two-to-one number. We'll get to the other remaining sides at the Women's World Cup in 2023 in just a moment. But first, we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience. Hour number two of the morning after, live right here on the grid. Sirius XM Channel 1. Five, nine. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So England prevails ever so slightly in penalty kicks at the Women's World Cup, advancing to the quarterfinal. One of the host nations, Australia, knocks off the Danes, beating Denmark 2-0 in their round of 16 action. So the Australians on to the quarterfinal. Australia, the fourth best price to win the Women's World Cup at plus 550. Again, England the favorite at Two to one. Spain, the second best price at plus three forty. They're in action on Thursday. It's a pretty hefty favorite now against the Dutch. That's an interesting one. And France, the third best number, or excuse me, Japan, the third best number at this moment, plus four thirty. The French, the four, fifth best number at plus seven fifty. France, a minus twenty five hundred favorite against the Netherlands tomorrow morning. The other round of sixteen action is Jamaica and Colombia tomorrow morning the Colombians a slight favorite now as we go to the pitch but in Major League Soccer when Messi came over to MLS it was met with fanfare it was met with a generational type shift to this sport but could Messi the greatest of all time back it up with his performance on the pitch a resounding yes so far in four matches with Inter Miami they advance to the league's cup quarter finals after a PK victory over FC Dallas last night it went to PKs tied at four a heroic comeback from Inter Miami led by Messi who scored yet another brace for Miami yesterday including off a free quick free kick excuse me with some wizardry wizardry in the 85th minute and he converted in the back of the net in penalty kicks did Messi to send Inter Miami to the quarterfinals of the league's cup he has been sensational in four matches he has scored seven goals Messi has been everything that was expected of him and even more in his time in South Beach with Inter Miami now we go around the daily bases in Major League Baseball up next live on the morning app SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Daily Base. Start off this new week around Major League Baseball Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. It's a Monday here on TMA. I am Ben Stevens. Craig Mish joins us now as well, the host of Newswire, starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, our MLB insider all around the grid as well. Craig, as always, hope the weekend was great. Thank you for being here on this Monday on TMA. It's an exciting week for baseball ahead, and we'll get right to it and see if we can dig into some of the big stories going on. Certainly so, Craig. At this point last week, we were all forecasting going around the rumors and speculation of what might happen at the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. But that's over and done. Every team knows who is in their clubhouse here for the home stretch. About 50 games left for most teams around the bigs. A four-game set this weekend, Craig, up in the Bronx between the Yankees 
and the Astros. Houston, the victory in the series finale yesterday inside Yankee Stadium. 9-7, to seven, the two teams split the four-game set. Two for Houston, two for New York. Craig, what did this meet weekend mean for both of these clubs? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's at the point right now, Ben, where it's just like a war of attrition, I would call it. Obviously, you know, Carlos Rodon going down for the Yankees over the weekend as well. But, look, I mean, Houston's just a better team than New York. I don't think anybody would go against that. And I think for the Yankees, they're just going to have to kind of plod their way through this. They didn't do a ton uh, or really anything you know, significant yep. at the deadline. They're just going to kind of go off the idea that with Aaron Judge healthy, which he hasn't been for the majority of the season, that maybe that could give them a, a postseason push. We saw then, I thought, maybe more interestingly enough, the Red Sox really went the other way over the weekend. So the Yankees at least have that going for them so they don't have to worry about them, at least for the time being. But going to be an uphill battle for them. But based on the massive struggles of the Red Sox and the massive struggles of the Angels, it actually yep. gave the Yankees a little bit of a boost regardless of the outcome. It's really interesting when you look at the American League wildcard race right now. The pinstripes are four and a half games back, but the Mariners are the only team in front of them that hasn't earned a playoff spot if the season were to end today. Seattle has won five in a row. They're still two and a half games back of the Toronto Blue Jays, but the Red Sox have lost four straight, and Craig, the Angels have lost six straight. We'll focus on the Halos in just a moment. But for the first time, Craig, over the weekend since early May, we saw a change at the very top of the American League pennant odds. The Rays no longer a solo favorite. It's the Rangers and the Rays co-favorites, plus 330 right now to win the pennant in the American League. The Astros only 40 cents back, and the Orioles, Craig, a 5-1 to one number, the fourth best price. Craig, there's been some movement in the American League pennant race. Which team at this very moment do you have the most confidence in? Yeah, well, it, it's still, you know, Baltimore still getting the value there. We're down from 14 to 7, now to 5 here on this Monday morning yep. as we continue on. And, uh, you know, maybe this addition of Jack Flaherty is really going to help them out. I know they didn't do a ton uh, else, and, and that's sort of what we anticipated. The Orioles just want to keep calling kids up from the minor leagues and seeing if they could succeed. Uh, you know, that that's a team to me that still is the one that I would look at right now and clearly say that I think they're going to make a deep run but then the other part of this too is I had a chance to see the Texas Rangers on TV probably more extensively than I have all season long playing against Miami and that yeah. is a tough offensive team to play against Miami threw two of their best starters at them it didn't make any difference whatsoever Josh Young went down with an injury maybe that's something to watch Ben I'm not really sure how they're going to be able to manufacture that position he's been so good for them all season long but I can understand why the market has made the Rangers the, the favorite there. They, they are going to be a tough out, but good pitching beats good hitting, Ben. That's what I would remind people. So when they face off against Houston or maybe they face off against Tampa Bay, uh, I, yeah. I think that they would get knocked out. Now, Ben, what I would say is if Texas played Baltimore in the postseason, I may favor Texas in that spot just because they're kind of built the same way. Texas right now has won six straight games. Of course, the Rangers made the acquisitions ahead of the deadline. Max Scherzer, a win in his debut in Arlington, and Jordan Montgomery, who also made his debut for Texas over the weekend. The Rangers have won six straight. The Orioles have won four straight. Now a three-game lead in the American League East. Just to echo Craig's point that Baltimore is still there. The Angels, Craig... Did not do any shopping at the deadline of Shohei Otani. In fact, they bought C.J. Crone and Randall Grichik from Colorado. And despite 
that idea. And despite the mentality for the Halos at the deadline, the Angels have dropped six straight games. Los Angeles now a game below 500 and seem very on the outside, Craig, looking in at any postseason race in the American League. The Angels are a home underdog today in Anaheim against the San Francisco Giants. The Giants, one of the top teams right now in the National League wild card race. Craig, let's focus on the Halos. That is the story here. What has gone wrong all around the trade deadline for Los Angeles? Yeah, it's not just the Angels, Ben. There's just a lot of teams that had that postseason in mind that have just completely gone the other way. We can get into it in the National League quite a bit. It's incredible. It seems like nobody wants it. Uh, you know, the Giants are playing better baseball than the Angels, and they do have their best pitcher on the mound tonight. Uh, but as you could tell, the confidence isn't really high the Giants because any given day they can win 4-3, to three, lose 4-3. to three. We saw they uh, you know, had a really tough time with Oakland over the weekend, too. But as far as the Angels are concerned, Ben, you, you got to just you know, put your hands up in the air and just say, all right, well, yeah. you know, they tried. It didn't work. I, I don't – at this point, it would be very hard – to envision them getting in, especially with the way that all of a sudden Seattle has played. And, Ben, we talked about Seattle just yeah. waiting all season long for them to come alive, and they have now. So for the Angels, unfortunately, it's going to be a very difficult offseason coming for them because they're going to throw as much money as they can at Shohei Otani. is probably going to say no. Uh, you know, Mike Trout, maybe, they, maybe Ben, they got to tr- figure out a way to get him back in the lineup in the next week or two. I, I don't think he's gone on a rehab assignment yet, but it looks pretty bleak. Shohei Otani always seems very even keeled. A fiery competitor on the diamond, no doubt. But we have seen that frustration, Craig, on Shohei Otani for the Angels here following the deadline. Because on deadline day, the Halos had won 11 of their 17 since the All-Star break and seemed like they were primed to make that run to an American League wildcard spot. Anything but six consecutive games dropped, seven games out of a wildcard spot at the moment the Giants did drop the final two games of their weekend set against the Athletics but still 10 games above 500 right now they're right alongside the Phils for the two top spots in the National League wild card the San Diego Padres Craig only three games back of an NL wild card spot San Diego just a few games below 500 so an important one to end out a four-game series against their rivals from Southern California The Dodgers, the Dodgers victorious yesterday. They have taken two of the first three. But San Diego booked as a home favorite, Craig. What is the approach for the fourth and final of this four-game set between these two teams? Yeah, I'll be interested to see who plays when the lineups come out. This is a 4-10 Eastern game in the wraparound. So uh, you got to keep a close eye on the Dodgers lineup. They've played well against the Padres this weekend. And we know they've taken the foot off the pedal a little bit this year. Could that happen in a game like that today? We know the Padres cannot afford to. Kind of lean San Diego here a little bit. I think they change up their lineup potentially today. They made a couple of trades at the deadline. Uh, One of them was to get G-Man Choi, and Choi has not recorded a hit yet with them. So I'm curious to see if they change it up a little bit today. And again, for folks who are uh, playing DFS or or, uh, betting on the game, reminder, it is an early start today, not an evening start. So elsewhere around the DFS slate, Craig, on this Monday, what catches your attention? Yeah, I I mean, there could be suspensions coming for the White Sox today, and I don't think that that's really Mm. baked into the line that I see right now. So I'm going to play Cole uh, tonight against the White Sox. He is surging toward the Cy Young Award again, 
And, uh, you know, he's high-priced, but it was him or Strider. And then, uh, you know, Drew Smiley hasn't been able to get anybody out for the Cubs for a month. And so lefty-righty matchup against Pete Alonso. You're going to have to go cheap with the rest of the lineup tonight. But I- I'm just going to spend up for the main guys tonight. The, the Cubs fighting for a postseason spot. The White Sox just fighting on the diamond. And Tim Anderson took the worst of a mean right hook from Jose Ramirez over the weekend. Craig Mish. We appreciate your time, as always. More around MLB from a prop perspective next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Respect. Around Major League Baseball with a season outlook as well. A month out from the regular season in the National Football League. If it is a prop perspective, that means Tom Vecchio, the jack of all trades, our home run prop king, is live right here on this Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Vecchio from FanDuel joining us here on TMA. Tom, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. Let's dive into the slate and have some fun on this Monday, huh? Yeah, thanks for having me. Football is right around the corner, but still some very important games when it comes to MLB season. Tonight specifically, there's a lot of weather across the East Coast, so it's something to pay attention to. It has been rainy. It has been stormy already, bright and early to start off this new week on a Monday. Not going to be the case, though, Tom, for day baseball in San Diego between the Padres and the Dodgers today, ending out a four-game set between these two Southern California rivals the Dodgers actually a road underdog in San Diego today the Padres looking to even the series the Dodgers victorious on Friday and Sunday San Diego earned their only victory to this point on Saturday afternoon so Vecchio day baseball in San Diego what's your breakdown Well, the Padres, they just got to pick up every single win they could possibly get, you know, scratch and claw to, you know, make their way back into the wild card conversation. And, you know, today today to start things off early in the week, just want to keep things super simple. And that's going to be trusting one of the best hitters in the league with Juan Soto to record two plus total bases. I mean, you give me that prop at plus 120, I'm going to be taking it every time, especially with this splits against right-handed pitching. Uh, 175 WRC plus is insane with the 426 Wolves, of course. He has plenty of power with an almost 300 ISO. And on the other side for the Dodgers, Tony Gonsolin, like, is not a good pitcher. I don't care what his stats say. I don't care what his win-loss record says. This season, he gives up a a 219 Babbitt, which is batting average of balls in play, which is vastly, vastly overperforming the league average of 295. So he is continually doing uh, in for due. He's due for more regression. He's continuously in the spot last year, this year, doesn't matter. He's performing well, well above expectation. So I will take Soto in this spot 10 times out of 10. The Dodgers right now still a four-game lead for the top spot in the National League West, well on their way to winning this division for the 11th time in the last 12 years. But San Diego, only three games out of a National League wildcard spot, just two games below 500, a big one in Southern California today between the Dodgers and the Padres. Elsewhere in SoCal, but in Anaheim, just up I-5, we have the Angels and the Giants, a team from Northern California, a ton of California so far to start off this segment. Of course, Vecchio, the Halos have dropped six straight. They're seven games out of an American League wildcard spot, now a game below 500. The The Giants did lose the final two games of their set against the Oakland Athletics, this weekend which team turns it around today in Anaheim 
I mean, ultimately, I think I just got to trust the Giants just because they're the better team. But, like, neither team right now is, is inspiring a ton of confidence. You know, the Angels not even able to pick up one win against the Mariners in, in what are, you know, must-win games for them. And the Giants just dropping games to one of the worst teams in the league is not something that I initially anticipated. And, you know, just given the inconsistency from the Angels' offense overall, I don't think that they're going to be in a good spot today. Uh, Logan Webb, I, I believe, is going to be on the mound for the Giants, and it, yeah. he's just their best pitcher, and it just does not, you know, give me any hope that they're going to finally turn things around against, you know, one of the better pitchers in the NL. Yeah, San Francisco, the road favorite in Anaheim today, right now live on FanDuel, a minus 124 money line price. Might Shohei Otani go long today in Anaheim against Logan Webb? Probably unlikely, but he has 40 times this year overall in MLB to lead all of the bigs. But now hot on Shohei's tail is Matt Olson of the Atlanta Braves. Another home run yesterday, albeit in a loss at Wrigley, but 39 long balls now for Matt Olson, Vecchio, you told us at the beginning of the year, Olson was your pick to win the season-long home run prop award. Right now, the second best price, even money plus 100, only behind Otani, a minus 165 number. So, Vecchio, who ends the year on top as the home run king in MLB? That's right. I did talk to you about Matt Olson at 28-1 to one to lead the league in home runs. And my long-shot hope, is that the Braves continue to do their thing, Matt Olson continues to do his thing, and Otani and the Angels are eventually out of it, that he decides to sit out and protect himself and his health. That is my hope. And, of course, Matt Olson mm. takes the title at 28-1. That's what I hope. Ultimately, I don't think that's going to happen. I think Otani is going to play every single game he possibly can and continue to do his thing. But, you know, I'm not laying minus 165. Even if I didn't have a bet on Matt Olson, I'm not laying minus 165 on something that's so variable as home runs. Considering that Otani, like, he has this, like, weird back thing going on and, and his hand or whatever it is, he's getting pulled from starts after four innings. Like, there's something slightly concerning to me about Otani right now. And that's not based yeah. on his skills. It's actually based on his health. Like, he, he looks like he's wincing a little bit when he swings. So I, I have a tough time with this prop right now. The Atlanta Braves have 53 more games left in MLB this year. Of course, the Braves, the best team in the bigs. A new prop up for Matt Olsen over under 62 and a half home runs. The under has the heavy juice at minus 7,000. But again, just goes to show you the pace Matt Olsen is on this year. Vecchio, two teams that need to turn things around immediately in the National League wildcard race. The Reds have dropped six straight. The Marlins have dropped four straight. They face off in Cincy today at the Great American Ballpark. Miami, actually a road favorite. Vecchio, what's your approach to this game today in Cincinnati? Uh, my approach would be that we're going to see some scoring. This is one of the best, if not the second best hitters parks in the league. Uh, you know, behind Coors Field, obviously. And Brandon Williamson on the mound for the Reds is not a good pitcher. He's given up a 5.07 slugging to righties and 1.99 home runs per nine, along with a 45% fly ball rate to righties is absolutely horrible. And we turn to the other side, Jorge Soler. He's got his home run odds are like plus 220. They're insanely low. It's not a spot that I want to go. I'd rather just go with something a little bit more simple with the RBI. And he comes in with a 4.24 ISO versus lefties, which is absolutely insane. His slugging is over 700, and he has a 54 percent fly ball rate and a 50 percent hard contact rate i talk about the 40 40 line for fly balls and hard contact rate and he is surpassing that by a significant margin so jorge soler for an rbi today minus 115 minus 115 is that number the fish need to turn things around again they have dropped four straight in 16 
of their last 21. Vecchio, a team that at the All-Star break was 14 games above 500, seemed as though they were going to sail into a National League wild card spot. The NL pennant favorites, still the Atlanta Braves, plus 140, trailing only by the Dodgers, plus 185. That tier of two, a large drop-off to the Giants and the Phils, the two top wild card teams in the NL, 12 to 1 prices on both San Francisco and Philadelphia. So a tier of two in the National League, a tier of three in the AFC, in the NFL. Because when you look at the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals, they're led by the three young quarterback stars. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Vecchio, for the first time this year over the weekend, perhaps because of some of the injury concern around Burrow or whatever the idea might be, Patrick Mahomes is now a solo favorite at 6-1 to one to win his second consecutive NFL MVP award, moving a buck in front of both Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Do you think it is justified, Vecchio, for Patrick Mahomes to be the solo frontrunner to win the MVP award entering this year in the NFL? Uh, of course it's justified. There's nothing that the Chiefs or Andy Reid or Pat Mahomes uh, or, or Travis Kelsey could do that would ever have me doubt them at this point, considering the track record that they have. And, you know, it, it, I'm not going to be surprised if they start off the year a little bit slow as they did last year. They lost to the Colts in it was week three or four. They were like 12 point favorites and lost to the Colts. And everyone's like, oh, is this the time that the Chiefs finally start to slip? It's like, no, the Chiefs are going to be ready come December, come January. Yep. I'm never going to doubt them. I may look to fade them at times just because I think the lines are inflated, but that does not mean I'm not. Uh, expecting the Chiefs to have an awesome season. So Pat Mahomes can do literally anything on the field, and I don't doubt him in any capacity. Certainly so. Pat Mahomes has been the starter for Kansas City the past five years. The Chiefs have been booked as a favorite in all but 12 games. They're now a seven-point favorite on the opening night of the 2023 NFL regular season against the Detroit Lions. So, Vecchio, when you look at the top three, not only quarterbacks, but their teams' respective prices, to win the AFC, I think, personally, it's a lesson in correlation. Individual prices, best quarterbacks in the league to overall team success. Vecchio, how do you look at it for the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals? I think I'm on the same page, and we've talked about before that I think the, the Bengals are just a little bit too long. Uh, you know, I think they should be the second favorite for the AFC. I think they have a little bit... Uh, better well-rounded team compared to the Bills. I'm not going to be surprised if we see Chiefs and uh, the Bengals in the AFC Championship again. I think the the spot that I want to go just to have a position in the AFC is actually the Jaguars at 14-1, to and that correlates with uh, Trevor Lawrence to win the MVP. They're in a spot to win their division, and then when we look at the other three teams in their division, the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans, those three teams have three of the four longest odds to win the AFC. So they're basically the favorite and then they should be coming out of the AFC South. And just to have that ticket, and again, I'll reference the ticket that you had with Sacramento Kings, having that ticket in your portfolio, they win the division, they have a home playoff game, that puts them in the best spot, and that puts you in a spot to potentially cash out or hedge out come the playoffs. So I like the Bengals where they are, but I don't love their odds. I like the Jaguars at 14-1. to Great value on Jacksonville right now, Vecchio. I would agree. You saw the odds there. The eighth best price to win a conference title in the AFC – only seven teams make the postseason, and there were minus 155 is Jacksonville, divisional favorite in a bad AFC South. They would at least host a playoff game in mid-January. Vecchio, scale 1 to 10, any concern for you around Joe Burrow's health with the over on his passing touchdowns prop for 2023? 
not only the over on his passing touchdown prop, but my dynasty quarterback. So as of now, I am cautiously optimistic, but he needs to play week one, and then my my feelings will adjust at that point. My level of concern will adjust then. I think he'll be there. Just my hunch. We go to the odds. Advice from our conciliary up next on the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Conciliary mean to you? To us here on a Monday on the morning after it means the advice with the odds from our sportsbook conciliary. Dave Sherapan here on this Monday on TMA on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. That is Dave Sherapan. This show, the morning after, each and every weekday for the most part on Spectrum Sportsnet LA, out there in Los Angeles, the home of the Dodgers. And who is Sherapan repping for the fourth and final game between the Southern California rivals? San Diego and L.A., it would be that Dodger blue. Dave Sherpan, you know how to make an entrance, my friend. Welcome to the morning after. Good to see you, sir. Yeah, I got the Tommy Lasorda model on today. It's, you know, oh. they used to sit in the dugout and wear it, the zip-up jacket. Dodgers, I got to put my glasses on here for a second. Are you clean-shaven, oh. Benjamin? Did no. you did you tighten no. things up up there? You're looking clean. No. Finally trimmed right. scruff. I guess you could say, but the beard's still Man, very much I've never there. The seen facial you hair. completely clean shaven. You have a playoff beard every day. Yeah. Back in my day in Omaha, Nebraska, I had to be clean shaven all the time for my TV work there. Then I started growing out the beard. I think I look more handsome with it, frankly. It works. Either way, it works. But Thanks. you had to shave twice uh, a day. You're like doing two a days like the NFL training camps. If you had to stay clean shaven for shows and stuff sure. on the air, you had to shave in the morning and then before the show if you were doing the evening news. But that's right. enough pleasantries. Get, get, Frizo's got screens. We got a show. We got odds. We got yep. to talk about. Get to it. Let's go. Yep. Joe, Joe, pull it up. Joe, pull it up. Nine to seven, the victory for the Houston Astros yesterday in Yankee Stadium against yes. the Pinstripe Sheriff. And that's our first yes. topic of conversation. Dave, an important time in MLB. The 50-game stretch run pretty much of the 162. We play around baseball for a long regular season. The Yankees split the weekend set against the Astros. The Yanks now three or four and a half games back, rather, of an American League wildcard spot. The Astros, Sherapan, two and a half games back. How much do individual games, Sherapan, and from that odds perspective, start to take on just a little bit more importance here in the stretch run with about 50 left around the bids? We're not there yet, but we're close. Okay. But as teams, basically the... The, uh, the quantifiable number of games, a magic number becomes a magic number for real, where if a certain team beats a certain team, it's a two-game swing. And that's when odds start to go. And then sweeps mean more than splits, but as teams start to fall further mm. back, you have to start increasing their odds you know, to try to get money on them because it yep. becomes more apparent as we go down this 50-game stretch as you said, uh, who's in and who's out. That's all we're trying to figure out at this point is who's in right. and who's out. That is exactly what we are figuring out. The three wild card spots in each respective league and, of course, the divisional races for those crowns 
three of them in each league as well. 12 total playoff spots in all of MLB. And Sherapan, for the first time since early May, a change at the top of the American yep. League. The Rays are still there, but no longer as a lone favorite. Alongside the Rangers at plus 330, Sherapan. The Astros 40 cents back, plus 370. And the Baltimore Orioles, Dave, 5-1, to one, the fourth best <laughs> price in the American League. They will not go away. No matter how much people keep trying to make them go away, no matter how much people keep saying they haven't done this yet before, they're a young team, they don't have enough starting pitching, you've heard all the objections, and all they do is keep picking up dubs, not K-dub, actual wins, okay? And the closer we get here, those odds got to keep coming down. Don't be surprised. If they'll never be the co-favorite until Mm. they get one of the buys. You have to be the one or two seed to be the co-favorite because of that extra three-game series. So they're coming, though. They're not going away. It's going to be one fun rest of the summer, fall, whatever it is in Baltimore. And I'm not talking about the Ravens. We're not talking about the Ravens today. No Ravens. Not yet. Not yet. No, no, no. We wouldn't no. talk about the, that with you, a lifelong Pittsburgh Steelers fan. However, the Baltimore yeah. Orioles, 28 games above 500, the second best record in all of MLB. Of course, the best mark then in the American League. Four straight wins. Baltimore's now only a game and a half back behind Atlanta yes. for the best record in all of the bigs. There's a tier of two in the National League between the Dodgers and the Braves that we'll talk about in just a moment. But the fourth and final game of a four-game series between the Dodgers and the Padres in San Diego. Day baseball in San Diego, near the ocean at Petco Park, and the Padres a slight favorite, minus 136 is that money line price. Sherpan, important games for San Diego, three games out of an NL wildcard spot. The Padres now, Sherpan, only two games below 500. They're coming back to 500, but... It still feels like, to me, they're that big of a gap between them and both the Dodgers and the Braves. Every day, this weekend series wrap around to Monday, which, by the way, I was going to be at, but I had had Ah. this obligation that I could not miss, Benjamin. I couldn't miss my weekly opportunity to see you. We appreciate you. They're dogs every day. (laughs) The Dodgers are dogs to the Padres. The odds makers respect the Padres. The market mm. respects the Padres. There's a lot of rhombuses mm. and pal- parallelograms sneaking around, buying futures on the Padres, because all they got to do is get in. They did it last year. They got the NLCS, along with the Phillies, from the bottom slots in the playoffs. It can happen. They're not done yet, but um, the Dodgers would not. Nobody's put anything away yet, but they've won eight of nine this season against the Padres. Yeah. So, taking three or four in early August, that would really help the Dodgers' case to kind of secure their spot, at least at the top of the division. You see the National League pennant odds right there, Sheriff. And the Braves, the favorites, plus 140. 45 cents back, the Dodgers, plus 185. Over a $10 drop-off to the Giants and Phils, the two top wild-card teams in the National League, but both a 12-to-1 Price. Sherpan, what do you make of that large of a gap between two top teams in the NL 
and everybody else. Uh, I haven't sat in a risk room in almost uh, three years. It'll be three years mm. in September. But that tells me that their books all over have a lot of money on the Braves and the Dodgers and don't want any more. Those numbers keep coming down, and you have to start reaching. you got to start changing numbers on other yeah. teams. The Giants are live. The Phillies are live. That's what that tells me. And then after yep. that, those numbers get really high. It's uh, – you know, NL Central, it's a mm. lot of fun. Mm, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's what the odds mm. say. It doesn't mean it can't yeah. happen. It's just maybe we're done worrying about it before the book. It's interesting, though, Sharon Pam, because there was a time this year, honestly, for a good majority of this Major League Baseball season, it seemed like whoever was going to win the lowly NL Central would be the only team from that bad division to make a postseason run. Now there's three teams in contention for not only the divisional crown in the National League Central, but wild card spots. Milwaukee has a one-and-a-half game advantage for first place in the division, but the Cubs and the Reds tied right now, not only for second in the National League Central, but for the third and final National League wild card spot. And the Cubbies, the hottest team in the bigs, they have won yes. 15 of their last 19 games. Sherapan, you mentioned it. It's been about three years since you sat in a risk room making odds on a daily basis. Can you imagine what your friends in the risk room are going to have to undertake when it comes to setting conference prices for college football and beyond in 2024? The Big Ten adds USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington. The Big 12 will now add Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah. The SEC adds Oklahoma and Texas. The college football playoff might Still expand to 12 teams in 2024 as well. Sherpan, what does this all mean? What does conference realignment mean from an odds perspective in setting who's going to win a conference championship? Oh, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. This is reason number 9 million why I'm glad I'm not in a risk room. Because yeah. not knowing, knowing the, the conferences is one thing. Knowing the conference format, who crosses over, which division, how many times they play – are they going to have a conference championship or not? Where's the conference championship going to be? Okay, we can at least know all that. Now all this movement is just, I, I don't know. I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. We're sitting in Las Vegas waiting to see where does UNLV end up. That's what everybody's taught. That's the buzz here. What is the Mountain West? Are they going to take the four Pac-12 teams that are no longer Pac-12 teams, or are they? Yeah. I don't know. And then from the other perspective, all the other sports, I don't want to say it, but J.Y. Say it. said it on our show, Bostonian versus the book on Friday. The NCAA tournament may not exist anymore. The, 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 the way basketball looks is going to look completely different, let alone travel sports like baseball, softball. You posted it on your Twitter. The map of the Big Ten is literally the coast to the other coast. Road trips yeah. are going to be a nightmare. Conference games. Forget about the odds. How are we going to keep track of all this stuff? Where are we going to see the games? And what times are we going to see them? Because the games start early enough out west. They're going to start really late out east. Everything in between. Four times. So we're going to have four time zones for a conference. Nothing makes sense. That late night West Coast window is attractive from a value perspective to TV networks. And make no mistake about it, conference 
uh, realignment happens because of TV money, which is generated by college football. But to Sherapan's point, a guy that spends a lot of time on the softball diamond, those non-revenue sports, those Olympic sports in collegiate athletics, every sport that your favorite school sponsors is impacted by conference realignment. Blessings to the teams that have to travel from Eugene all the way to Piscataway and State College and vice versa. You're going to say goodbye to friends for about a week and a half and two weeks at a time to make sure that you can travel out to the other end of the country. The logistics are going to be a disaster, but Sherapan, the scheduling and the logistics pales in comparison to the multiple millions of dollars that TV money gives you generated by college football. That is is the dichotomy of the entire conversation. Quickly here, Sherpan, a minute left. We've seen some movement in the NFL MVP award market. Patrick Mahomes, a solo favorite. It makes sense. He's the reigning NFL MVP. But Sherpan, why the move now, a month out from the new NFL campaign? Probably the influx of probably uh, money from this quarterback Netflix thing. Patrick Mm. looked really good in that, and a lot of people said, you know what? He's okay. Like, everything that he has going on, he won the MVP. I'm going to bet on him again. That's the only thing it could be. Nobody's played any games other than the Hall of Fame game. Nobody's gotten a hurt to establish anything else. So it has to be something that, you know, just kind of moved around. But the other thing is this. You can kind of get ahead of it in the book. You don't have to take money on the bets to move the numbers. So there may be some massaging of numbers going on and saying, they're going to bet Mahomes anyway. Or maybe the guy in the room watched the Netflix special and decided to move it. Who knows? Then why is Kirk Cousins 50 to 1? More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Play out our two hours together here live to start off a new week on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That's the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz network, that is Sports Grid, and this is the new and slightly even improved Sports Grid app. The actual app itself has been sensational, the ultimate sports betting companion app at all times, but the additional improvement is the addition to the Play Store for all of our Android users out there as well. Just in time, a month out from the new National Football League season with a ton of baseball still on the docket, it's a big time in the world of sports. Five-star plays, best bets, all of that available for you on the new Sports Grid app. It is smarter to be on Sports Grid. I'm going to be very transparent and honest with you. I think both of those things and being open in life is very, very important. I did not have a time to dive through the slate currently for Major League Baseball, but I'll offer up two thoughts for two best bets before we say farewell and goodbye. It's time for Bye Bye Bye. So, as we go around the Major League Baseball slate today, the hottest team in the bigs is the Chicago Cubs. And what the rejuvenation for Chicago has really been, as they've won 15 of their last 19, is 
offensively. They're in New York today against the Mets. The team total is four and a half. The over plus money going over four and a half is something the Cubs have done in three of their last four games and seven of their last nine. I would also look at Garrett Cole and his strikeout prop. Craig Mish mentioned it from the Daily Fantasy Sports perspective earlier on the morning after today. Chicago, that being the White Sox, could be facing a ton of suspensions in their offensive lineup. Garrett Cole's K-prop is six and a half, a number he has gone over in three of his last four. If the juice is too much on the over of the K-prop, alternate strikeouts, eight or more, potentially for Cole. We'll be back tomorrow on a Tuesday, live right here on the morning after, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time.